0: Tonight on Trash Can News, we do a profile on a new charity called Sponsor-a-Bum. We now go live out in the field to Chris. Now Chris, what do you have for this new charity? Micah, I am here in a small town in Iowa, here interviewing the
1: sponsors of of Sponsor-a-Bum. Now this new charity has come on the scene in recent months and it has skyrocketed. I'm here with Charlene Woodley, here to talk to her about sponsor a bum, Charlene. What made you first interested in sponsor a bum?
0: Well, we listened to the Donut Box podcast, and uh, we just we listened about the bums and how they were living in their mom's basements, and we just figured, you know what? We got enough disposable income to to help out with their their cause because. Uh, you know, we had to work all of our lives, and we feel like some people just should be able to sit in their basement and do nothing all the time.
1: Now, Charlene, who are you specifically helping through sponsor above?
0: Well, I have fourteen. I, I would call them children, but they're they're all above the age of thirty-two, so I can't really say that. But um, I, I have several people, yes. And really, what it comes down to is I I, uh, I, I do their laundry and. Uh, I make them uh, those little Tostino pockets or whatever they call them and uh, just really whatever happens. uh... Charlene, what are you doing, time to do my laundry.
1: Well you heard it here folks, Sponsor Bump. If you're interested in sponsoring a local bump, you can call one 800 sponsor Bump.
0: Back to you Micah. Wow, interesting stuff. You know, there's charities of all kinds and it's not just on GoFundMe. I'm Micah. And I'm Chris. And this is episode 50 of the Donut Box Podcast. Yeah. Uh-huh. Chris, you heard it already, man. Episode 50. This is a big one. What I mean, what do you have to say? We're, we made it to 50. Nifty,
1: nifty. Donut Box is 50. Uh, just kidding. Anyways, yeah, it's honestly, to be completely honest, it's very surreal because I'm sitting here thinking, wow, we're already here at 50. I just can't believe it. And thank you to all of you guys for sponsoring us. And we have been out here having fun. It's been a good time. And we've given you a lot of laughs. And hey, we've even laughed ourselves. We make ourselves laugh. And that's the main thing. And I feel like we're being able to be creative and able to put our art. I consider this our art. Uh, Maybe it's not like Totally painting on a canvas or telling jokes. I mean, we do tell jokes, but I feel like this is our art, so I've enjoyed it so far.
0: Well, and no shade on uh, modern art stuff, but even if you don't like us, I mean, even modern art's just a bunch of strokes and lights and stuff we can't understand. Anyways, I digress on that. But hey, man, uh, I'm super happy. I just wanted to shout out a few a few places here. That's uh, that's been our number one. I mean, the state of Texas has been really big. Of course, all over the state, but of course the Lubbock area, the Midland area, and uh, you know, who, who else has been really, really big? So I've got all the numbers in front of me of, you know, who's our biggest places here. Oregon, like you guys in Oregon are doing great. You guys have been, y'all are number three as far as uh, listens for a state, so that's pretty that's pretty awesome. And then Virginia's number two, um, Ohio's four. I mean, you guys are doing fantastic. So shout out to all of that. But, I mean, Georgia's doing good too. They're actually in five. I'm surprised. I figured we would have more for Georgia, but you know what? Um, cool, cool. And then overseas, you know, outside of the U.S. I never thought my voice would be heard overseas, period. Um, at least not this early. But, I mean, Dublin, Ireland, uh, and Brussels, Belgium. Y'all, Y'all do great, man. Y'all are always out there listening to us. So, uh, really want to thank you guys. And I mean, really, we look at the map each week and it looks like the dots just keep popping up. So it's pretty, pretty awesome. And so, uh, we couldn't have made 50 without you guys and uh, we're just happy y'all are here.
1: There's the plug. Thank you. All of you guys that are listening, uh, overseas statewide. So thank you so much for all that you do for us and listening to us every week and allowing us to be part of your lives and, we have a great old-fashioned donut segment for you guys this week. Mike and I have talked to you guys a lot about the stories from our past, but we've never really told you about how we become friends. We've been friends for—it's going on 20 years now. I can't believe it's been that long, but yeah, we've been friends for almost 20 years. Crazy to think about.
0: I think it's been—it's been over 20 years now, hasn't it? Um, well, let me think. You
1: moved—you moved, you moved uh, to Augusta in 2003, so that's how i remember it it was 2003 so we're almost, almost. reaching that okay. 20 year mark so gotcha. but still i mean how many people can say that they've been friends for 20 years
0: Nah, not not too many i'll say this um i was eight when when we first became friends but uh, little known fact about us we actually hated each other's guts to begin with like we couldn't stand each other so granted You know, I'm going to put a lot of the blame on myself because I was a goofy kid, man. I was a really goofy kid. And um, I remember I told some jokes in Sunday school class and um, not exactly my proudest moments. I think that I basically did a line-for-line scene from Pirates of the Caribbean. And so that probably didn't help my cause too much. But (laughs) you were going to say something, Chris?
1: Well... Here's the thing. I was brand new to that church. I had only been there for maybe six months tops. And not a lot of people know this about you, but you actually lived overseas in Germany for a a while, and you were actually a military kid. And that's what brought you to Augusta, Georgia.
0: And I will say things were a little different over there culturally. So things were just a little different. So coming back to the States, it was very different, very different. Um, but I remember the first time that I met Chris, it was actually in Sunday school class. We had a, we had a teacher, his name was Mr. Jim, and we were in his class. I, you know, for some reason, all I remember in that class is he showed a lot of videos and gave lots of candy. So, you know, trade of a good Sunday school teacher right there. I think it was a lot of Veggie tales. um, and then... And we're, we're, we're sidetrack riffing here, but what's episode 54 without a sidetrack moment here? Do you remember, I don't know why he showed us this one, but do you remember there was a, a video about a rock climber who had, like, fallen 100 feet and, like, broke his back? And there was, like, a whole thing about him and his road to recovery. I remember that, like, scarred me as a kid. I was sitting here going, holy crap.
1: When they, when you said that, when you said that he played videos all the time, that was the immediate one that my mind went to because... I actually saw that video twice, once when we were in his class, and then whenever we moved up to the fourth and fifth grade Sunday school class, I remember watching that video again. So it was definitely that. But also, too, don't let Micah take all the blame for being like, oh, I was just a goofy kid and just trying to make jokes. I was also a very straight-edge kid, and I was took myself a little bit way too serious. Uh, Micah credits himself for, for breaking me out of my nerd shell, and I was... Really nerdy. I went to a all academic school and I was super nerdy and I was quiet. But anyway, so Mike already told you that he came in that first Sunday school uh Sunday and he was telling jokes and I just didn't think he was funny because he was trying to be funny. But I mean poor kid just moved here from way across the country, much less is overseas. So he's coming back to the States for the first time in a long time and he's trying to make friends. And he's brand new. So, of course, he was trying to make jokes as you know kids do and sh- just trying to fit in. But I remember hating him. But let me tell you how we eventually ended up becoming friends. So, my family, we used to, uh, I guess, mint. I wouldn't say minister, but we had these other friends that the mom and dad had a lot of drug and alcohol problems. And I think my parents felt sorry for their daughters. So they would often take the daughters uh, and we would hang out with them. Right, So they would take them and they would allow us to hang out with them. And they actually spent the night at our house and we were going to bring them to church the next day. And so we brought them to church. And I remember uh, her name was uh, Mandy. We'll call her Mandy because I don't want to use her real name. Shout out, Mandy, if you're listening. You're cool now, but uh, you were kind of a turd back then. But she she lied all the time, and she was super mean. Obviously, she was acting out because there were problems at home. But I remember, I don't remember what she said to you, but I remember she treated you horribly. She was really mean to you and really awful to you. And I remember I felt so bad.
0: Well, so to give a little backstory too, so I moved to the States and everything, and it was halfway through the school year so it was going on the back half of the school year and right before summer break happened i broke my leg like i was climbing a tree i fell out of the tree and i broke my leg and so i was in this big old cast like i'm talking it went all the way down from my foot all the way up to the top of my leg like it was big old thing and i had crutches and all this stuff so uh here comes chris and uh and mandy and his little brother and i think she had her sister there too or something like that But anyways, I just remember Mandy was really mean. Don't really remember what she said. But I remember the moment that I guess things changed. Whereas I was trying to get into a row of chairs. And if you've ever done this with crutches, it's not very easy. Especially if the, the, you know, and I couldn't get this cast on the floor. Like you couldn't put it on the floor. That was the big rules. And of course, as a kid, you, you take everything. Like if I put it on the floor, they'll kill me. So I can't do that. Um... So I was, like, shuffling. Well, Mandy comes over there, and she kicks that crutch out from from underneath me. And she was just like, like, how does it feel, crippled? And I remember she said that. And, I mean, it wasn't probably two minutes. Like, I got into a seat and everything, and I was sitting there. And I remember, what, two minutes later, and Chris comes over there, and he's just like, hey, man, I am so sorry about that. Like, that's... I don't remember exactly what you said, but I remember you apologizing. (laughs) In my mind, um, it's like that was inexcusable behavior, but we were also the third grade at the time. So I'm pretty sure you didn't use that kind of language, but something like that.
1: Yeah, and after that, I remember just kind of feeling really bad because you would have to walk up the steps. The Sunday school, the elementary Sunday schools were on the second floor. And at this time, I don't think there was an elevator. They hadn't put the elevator in yet. And so you would have to get up the stairs in order to go to your Sunday school class. And I felt bad for Micah because he had uh, his crutches, but he also had like this little... um, I guess it was like a footrest where he... You could open it and you could prop your foot up. That way it could get some elevation. And so he was carrying his crutches and that little footrest thing. And I guess maybe his Bible too. And I felt bad for him. And I was like, man, and nobody was helping him because nobody really knew him. So I felt really bad. And so I helped him uh, with his crutches. And I just remember that's kind of where we shifted as friends. And we didn't like each other at first, but then we shifted as friends. And uh, then the trouble started. Then we started causing trouble in children's church. And uh, I'm going to tell a side story real quick because it's the 50th episode and I don't really care about time at this point. So this is going to incriminate ourselves. But you also have to remember, we were eight years old. So there was this kid and his name was Matthew. Uh, And his last name was, uh, I don't want to use his full last name, so y'all don't go sock him. But we'll call him Matthew Smith. And he was Asian and he was half korean half white and mike and i thought it'd be funny that we would call him chinese and we kept calling him chinese and he would get mad and he's like i'm not chinese and we're like oh okay and we're like what are you gonna do use some kung fu on us or something and he was like i'm not chinese i'm korean and we're like oh so you're north korean you're north korean and uh we called him Matthew Chang, and it was very racist of us. I know I'm incriminating us on the podcast, but uh, so we kept doing that. We kept calling him that, and then we would get in trouble. Well, we wouldn't get in trouble. He would get in trouble because he would retaliate against us, and they didn't see us like kind of provoking him and staring him on. So, Matthew, if you're listening, I'm sorry on behalf of both of us. We apologized to him later, and he was cool about it. But
0: Yeah, he understood we were we were just kids, but at the same time, I don't feel exactly great about that. But it, it was kind of a bonding moment at the beginning of our friendship for whatever reason there. Um, another side story here. I remember the first time that we ended up hanging out, it was actually um, his dad. So Chris's dad decided to take us to Chuck E. Cheese in the mall. And um yeah i just remember going to the mall i don't remember much about that we still have a picture from it or i know chris does of the chucky e. cheese because they used to have this I, I call it like etch-a-sketch but they it was like a picture thing but it would like draw you out and whatever and so um he still has that too when we were third grade and then um but we we go to the mall <laughs> I just remember there was somebody with a bumper sticker, and it had the B word on it, on the bumper sticker. I don't remember what exactly the bumper sticker said. But I remember Chris's dad turned around and he said, hold on, hold on, hold on. And he whipped around back to that car, and he grabbed something out of the car. And he slipped it on that guy's window, and it was a card that said, we care for you. And it was talking about the church stuff. And I don't know why that stuck in my mind, but it was just... I don't know. That was an inside joke for Chris and I for a long time. It was like, we care for you.
1: Good times, man. And I, I will say we have had a good friendship. You know, of course, every friendship has their ups and their downs. But I mean, there's no better friend to have than uh, this guy right here. We're doing a podcast. And so, uh, yeah, that's a little bit of story of how we first became friends. Uh, we've never really talked about how or I guess it's our origin story, I guess, if you would want to call it that. But yeah, so we are going to move into our Jelly Donut, which is our jail report. What is that private
0: pile? Sir, Jelly Donut, sir! A Jelly
1: Donut? And guess what? I got a couple stories for you today, and there was one I had in there, but it was a little bit uh, too much PG-13. I'll tell the PG version of it later, but yeah, so uh, listener discretion is advised. So you ready for the jail report? Yeah, man. Okay, so this guy in 1996, he got arrested for destroying a dam Right. One of those dams like at the at the lake. Uh, And let me tell you why he destroyed the dam. This guy, he was arrested twice for arson before, but he took to destroying a dam after he got released uh, from jail after the arson. So the reason why he destroyed the dam was he wanted to get drunk, have some fun and cheat around on his wife while she was stuck on the other side of the river. So he broke the dam so that she would be stuck on the other side of the river and couldn't get to where he was at so that he could have uh, his escapades on the other side and cheat around on her. Um, The trouble was witnesses claimed that he had been bragging about busting a levee and he was spotted near the levee when it failed. Uh, He was sentenced to 10 to life for causing a disaster and he's up for parole next year. So this was in 1996. So he obviously got a heavy sentence. We're breaking the dam.
0: You know what I think is hilarious? Like, wh- why brag? Why brag? You know, I can just imagine. I don't, I really don't know why. And it's always in the South. Maybe it's because we're from there. But I just imagine this guy is just like, yeah, you know the levee? The levee that broke? That was me. I did that. I did that. Yep. Took my truck down there. Strapped, strapped to it. Took it right down. That way Charlene couldn't get across the river. It's like, I don't know why, but I always see something like that, and I just never understand why. Okay, go on and, you know, it's not like everybody doesn't know about it. Exactly,
1: and it was crazy that he was doing it just so that he could cheat around on his wife, so that's a very interesting way to keep your wife from not finding out where you are, so anyways, on to the next story. This next one, uh, and this is a little bit of political reason, so... We're not talking about political, our political views or anything. But this lady in 2012, she got arrested for removing um, some campaign signs. But the thing about that was that it was in 2012 when President uh, Barack Obama was running, and these signs had Barack Obama with a Hitler mustache put up in public spaces. So she was like, "Hey, like that's not cool." Uh, Miss Nancy, which was a who was 80, she was alive during World War II, and she remembered that Mr. Obama is not Adolf Hitler, and that it was quite an offensive thing to say that he was. She took down the posters and was arrested for the arsony and breach of peace. Um, And so she was arrested, but there were no charges. The charges were dropped. Because honestly, no matter how you feel about a candidate, that is something pretty, I guess, scathing and not cool to, whether you are on one side of the aisle or not, to like make someone look like Hitler and put that all around town. That's not cool
0: well it's definitely over the line any way you put it i mean you just don't do stuff like that what i think um and we're going into an election season so i'm gonna make this very brief and again this is not about political affiliation or anything like that there's just a lot of hate when it comes to politics like there's so much hate and there's so much strife And this isn't what fries my donuts but geez it's just everybody's entitled to have their opinions it's okay to agree to disagree But I'll stop on that.
1: Exactly. I was about to say something, but then we'll be going down a major rabbit trail. All right. This next one. This lady was arrested for possession of SpaghettiOs. Okay. This lady, her name is Ashley. She was 23 years old, and she was riding in the passenger seat of a car in Gainesville, Georgia, when she got pulled over for a routine traffic stop. When the cops searched Ashley's bag, they found a spoon that was covered in mysterious residue. It was dirty, uh, Ashley explained, because she had recently eaten some SpaghettiOs and placed the dirty spoon in a bag in order to return it to a friend. Police officers thought it might be methamphetamine, so they conducted a field test, which reportedly came back positive. Ashley was charged with possession of methamphetamine and spent two weeks behind bars before being released. Ashley was later thrown back in jail in August where she remained for a month and a half until more lab results on her spoon came back. They revealed that she'd actually only been guilty of possession of SpaghettiOs sauce all along. So that proves my theory that those field tests are rigged because I'm telling you, man, that's ridiculous. Could you imagine just all you did was eat SpaghettiOs and then uh, that's why I'm scared, bro. I'm a little scared of like getting charged with something that I didn't do. And it's like, those field reports came back positive but the lab results said negative
0: yeah i you know my thing is you would think at this point there with how much technology we have that the false positives wouldn't be so much you know it'd be like 99.9% I mean my thing is if we can get pregnancy tests 99.9% accurate you know we could get drug tests that close too but it's just i don't know man i don't like those little field tests either because it's Stuff like that, and it's not like they go on and uh pay the person or go, Oh, for your inconvenience, you know, we're going to help you out with this, that, or the other. Like, you know, that's just three months out of their life gone, pretty much.
1: Yeah, I'm sure she's looking into some lawsuits. Uh, all right, this next one, uh, this man got arrested for spitting. All right, so uh, Mr. Joseph was confronted by a police officer while he was rock walking around. Uh, Florida neighborhood and at 2 a.m., and the officer was suspicious of what was in Mr. Joseph's pocket. The cop asked if he could search Mr. Joseph, but Joseph refused because he was just walking around. He said, you ain't got any grounds to search me. Um, according to a report, the police officer began to pat down Mr. Joseph anyway, and then Mr. Joseph, who had chewing tobacco in his mouth, spat on the ground. It was apparently enough to land Mr. Joseph in jail where he was released on a $250 bail. $250 bail. That's something so minute. The arresting officer and another officer who later appeared on the scene were eventually disciplined for the pat down and misconduct during the encounter. So it just looks like they were profiling and trying to get this guy. But I mean, that's like the most country thing. Like, I, I'm i going to spit. You're telling me I can't spit my tobacco? They probably charged it with, uh, charged him with, like, obstruction or something. But that is ridiculous. I would be suing.
0: Yeah, it's like, what do you expect me to do? Swallow it? I can't do that? I'm gonna have to... Yeah. No, heck no. I, I, I think that's crazy. It did sound like they were profiling this dude pretty bad.
1: Alright, I'm gonna tell you the PG version of the story that I told you was a little bit PG-13 rated, so I think you'll appreciate this because, uh, you know some relatives that may or may not be involved with this. Um, so, I think it was in Georgia, but a brother and sister were arrested for doing the wham-bam, thank you, ma'am, at, in the parking lot of a church. Um, the news report says, in their defense, though, they, uh, they had just recently watched The Notebook, and I don't know what happened, but... Yeah, police charged them with not only uh, lewd and lascivious acts, but also incest at, among a mother, uh, among a lot of other things. So yeah, uh, man, you got some close relatives that know a little bit about that, right?
0: We're not going into that on the podcast, but sure. <laughs> so my thing is what I what I love about the story, the best part about the whole thing was, oh well, we watched the Notebook. And that really brought us together.
1: Keep it in the family, I guess, as they say in the South. But just kidding. Just kidding. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's disgusting. It's not okay. It's sickening. All right. So I'm just going to go on the podcast and say that it's 50. Uh, I'm going to let the filter go a little bit. But anyways, that was the jelly Donut. That was the Jail Report. And we're going to move into our middle segment, which is the donut hole now. I have a game, and I know that you love playing these trivia games, don't you, Micah?
0: Oh, I love them. I love games. Do you know
1: what trivia I have for you today? I have Lord of the Rings trivia. You
0: like Lord of the Rings, right? It's been a long time since I've watched them, so we'll see how much I get right. Well, do your best guess and see what happens. I think I
1: threw some easy questions in there, so hopefully you'll be able to get them right. So we're going to play. The Lord of the Rings Trivia. Question number one. How many members were part of the Fellowship of the Ring? Okay, so they made a fellowship in the first one. And how many members were part of it? A, 6, B, 9, C, 8, or D, 7?
0: 7 or 9. I think it's 7. It's it's so bad that I don't know this, but I'm going to go with 7.
1: It is actually 9, so there's the, f- Ow. yep. So yep. I think
0: it was seven or nine. I think exactly.
1: All right. right. This next one. This is just do your best guess on this one. Which actor was All considered right. for the role of Airborne? A. Christian Bale. B. Mark Wahlberg. C. Russell Crowe. Or D. Samuel <laughs> Jackson. I'm gonna go with. Um, I'm gonna go with Russell Crowe. You are correct. He was considered. For the role of Aragorn. Could you see Samuel Jackson? I'm tired of these hobbits on this mother play. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. All right, pushing the envelope there. All right, good job. <laughs> Number three. How many hobbits were in the fellowship? So there was nine total, but how many hobbits were actually in the fellowship? Oh, sorry. A four, B, two, C five, or D three.
0: Mm, I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna go with two.
1: It's actually, four. So there was Frodo, Sam, Mary, and Pippin. There was four of them. Wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. Okay. Maybe I misheard the question. So I need to rewatch these two because I knew that for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was four. Sorry. Maybe the question was worded not great. No, you're good. All right. This one's easy. Who played the part of Samwise Gamgee? So Sam. A. Adam Sandler. B. Matthew Broderick. C, Sean Astin, or D, Steve Carell? Sean Astin, C. That is correct. All right, number five, we're halfway through. What is Gollum's original name? A, Smeagle. B, Beagle, C, Jack, or D, Conway Twitty? It's
0: (laughs) Smeagol. It's Conway Twitty, final answer.
1: Oh, could you imagine? Oh, the thing, the things that, the jokes that I could make.
0: Anyways, all right,
1: sorry. Next one. During the filming of The Two Towers, Viggo Mortensen, who is the guy that played Aragorn, broke something. What did he break? A, his collarbone, B, his hand, C, his arm, or D, his toe. I'm gonna go with his collarbone. It's actually his toe. So in The Two Towers, whenever he gets mad and he kicks the orc's helmet and he yells really loud, that Uh was an actual genuine reaction because he legitimately broke his toe. So that's like real reaction because he kicked it and he
0: how would you feel if that moment is captured in a movie forever like literally that that moment is forever captured to where you know everybody else is watching a movie but you're sitting there going that was the time i broke my toe you know everybody gets to watch you break your toe that's
1: very true i also heard that he broke a tooth and they super glued it back so that they could continue filming so i mean my man put himself through some serious serious. Uh,
0: Blood, sweat, and tears, sounds like.
1: Yep. Alright, number seven. Which member of the Fellowship betrayed Frodo and tried to take the ring? A. Gandalf, B. Legolas, C. Boromir, or D. Samwise Gamgee?
0: Oh, it was Samwise. He tried.
1: Oh, that one is a trick question. That one is, is a trick question because it's Boromir, is the right answer. Because Samwise didn't take it. I guess he technically took it. And then he gave it back. He did for like a whole
0: second, right? I mean, but yeah, I get what you're saying.
1: We'll give you that one. We'll, we'll <laughs> count that one as right, but sorry. These questions are it's probably all, not worth the best. My bad. All right. Num- number eight. What type of elven food do Sam and Frodo eat on their journey? A. Tortillas. B. Lemus bread. C. Turkish delight. Or D. Soup. <laughs> it's B. Did you really
0: say Turkish delight in there?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I thought maybe uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe would throw you off a little bit. Might trip me
0: off, (laughs) trip me up there.
1: All right, so two more questions left. Number nine: Which actor originally was cast to play the part of Gandalf? A. Marlon Brando, B. Patrick Stewart, C. Robert Redford, or D. Sean Connery?
0: All are really good. Um, I don't know why, but I could see. Patrick Stewart. It's actually
1: Sean Connery. He's playing Gandalf, but he has probably too much of that list. Sean Connery, okay. All right, last one. Number 10. Which member of the cast was the only one to actually have met J.R.R. Tolkien, which is the author of the Lord of the Rings book? A, Peter Jackson, the director. B, Sir Ian McKellen, who played Gandalf. C, Christopher Lee, who played Saruman slash Count Dooku in, uh attack of the clones d hugo weaving lord Elrond. Hmm.
0: i'm gonna go with b it is actually
1: christopher lee christopher lee is like the only one old enough he's a, he was old as crap like he was really old but christopher lee i think is i think his record is like he has the most parts ever played like in movies in general so
0: that doesn't surprise me in every movie i can think of him in he was a bad guy I don't ever remember one where he was a he was a decent character as far as morals wise. He was always like the bad character.
1: Yeah, even in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and he was Willy Wonka's dad, and he wasn't that good either. But yeah. So we <laughs>
0: pretty much So
1: we are gonna move into What Fries My <laughs> Donuts. And Micah,
0: what fries your donuts? Oh, I saved a special one for fifty. You know what fries my donuts When people lie to you to protect you. And I'm putting air quotes around protecting you. Here's what I mean by that. Have you ever been in a situation where you're sitting there and um, I've, I've been in this situation before you know I work for a company have somebody who needs a job and it's like oh we're hiring no problem I'll just put their application in through the right person and help them out. And so you get a hold of your boss and you say hey You know I've got a friend who would probably be good at this, don't put him in the same department and me personally I told him I said hey no hard feelings if you can't get him on you know if they work here it's all business no friendship got it all that good jazz so he tells me yes 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 no problem like we can get him on no problem. It comes around the all the new hire stuff happens and doesn't get an interview. So I go back and I say hey so what happened you know. And they said, oh, well, there was a stipulation, and um, so we, we can't really hire him anymore. And then they said, oh, well, well, we'll make a special exception. I sit here, and I wait, and I wait, and the friend of mine gets no calls, anything like that. And so I hit up the person responsible for all of it and say, hey, what's going on? What's going on? And he's like, oh, no, I put the approval through, I put the approval through. Well, after a while, I'll save you the story because it's a long one. But after a while, I went directly to the source of the person who was doing the interviews that he apparently was putting the approvals through. He was denying it, and he was saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. But to my face, he was saying, do it, yeah, we're, we're no problem, no problem. We've got, we've got it covered. We'll get him an interview, yeah, no problem. So lying to my face. So I confronted this person. And you know what response I got? Well, I was doing it so that you wouldn't get angry. I was doing it so you wouldn't get mad. I was doing it so that, you know, I didn't want to disappoint you. I think that's the stupidest thing in the world, to lie to somebody. To, you know, quote-unquote protect them or to say, oh, I didn't want to hurt your feelings. No, no, no. My feelings weren't hurt then. If you would have told me the truth and would have said, you know what, we can't do it for X and X and X reason. Even if it's garbage reasons, I'd be like... They don't want to do it for whatever reason. I understand. It's also a friend. That'd be a little weird. I get it. No problem. But instead, you literally say, oh, yes, 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 but you're telling everybody else, no, no, no. You know, now I'm upset. Now I've lost respect. Now the damage is done. And that's not the. That's just a recent instance of how this has happened. But I've had this happen a lot in life to where it's, you know... I didn't get the part, or I didn't get the starting position, or I didn't get whatever. And it's like, oh, no, no, I don't know why that didn't happen. But those people were in the room and they do, they know full well why it didn't happen.
1: Yeah, I totally get that, man. I don't like having your hopes being falsely built up. And then the whole time you were just like, well, I never really even had a shot at it to begin with. So why did you tell me that I did? Why'd you build up my confidence and tell me that I was going to be able to get that job? Or, oh, yeah. That job is yours, and then it's like, oh wait, well we went another direction. But I thought you told me the job was mine, and I was like, so what do you want to want me to do? Do you want me to interview differently? How? What do I need to do on a proof? Oh no, you did great. You knocked it out of the park. That job should have been yours. Well, why wasn't it? So I totally get that, man.
0: Either that, or you find out from other people in the room. It's like you hear that whole message, like, no, you couldn't have done anything better. And it was just like, well, that whole interview, he was nervous as all get out. And he kept talking about um, what he would do for the future. And it just sounded like he just really wasn't committed. And they, they would tell everybody else what's going on, but they won't tell you. You know, they won't tell you. They'll, oh, no, it's fine. It's because they're they're like, I, I want to protect against hurt feelings. It's like, nah, man. You know, I would have a lot more respect for you. Like, something that I really respect about Chris is, uh, you know, he'll come to me. Even if it's an uncomfortable conversation, he'll say, you know what, this is about to be uncomfortable, you know, and he lays it out there and he's truthful about it. And he's not worried about, you know, if I'm mad or not. And I really appreciate that because it's like I'd rather people be honest and tell me straight up stuff than, you know, try to protect me from being hurt. I'm going to be a lot more hurt on the other end of that if I find out that you were just playing me the entire time pretty much. That's going to be way worse than if you would have just came out and told me.
1: I'm I'm going to try not to preach here, but there's a verse in the Bible and it's in Proverbs. It says, better are the wounds of a friend than the kisses of an enemy. So it's basically saying like, yeah, if you just be honest, like if you're going to be honest and upfront, kind of like what you're saying, it may hurt a little bit, but it's better than having someone kiss up to you or blow smoke. And then you realize, hey, it really wasn't that great at the whole time.
0: Pretty much. It just, it really does fry by donuts. I can't stand it when people do things like that. I mean, my thing is, uh, and it's a societal thing, you know, we've talked a lot on here about pendulum swinging and things. I think it started from small things, like going over to somebody's house and somebody's mom has made uh, liver and onions and you can't stand liver and onions. But at the same time, you feel obligated to where it's like, you got to eat it. At least a little bit of it, and you got to say that it's good because you don't want to hurt their feelings. My question is, what's so wrong about like? Because people know, like, here's my thing: people know we're not stupid. I've I've entertained before. I've had people over. I've even cooked for people before. I've had you know my fiance cook for people before, and you can tell them the look on their face and by how much they eat, whether they enjoyed it or not. And so you you know already. But see, my thing is instead of um, Instead of acting, you know, oh, this is fantastic, because people will lay it on. Like, they'll have hardly any, but then they're like, oh my gosh, this was so great, and this was wonderful. You could tell they're just doing an acting job. How hard, like, I know it's not a societal norm, but to me, why can't you just say, I'm just not a big Liver and Onions fan. You probably make it great, and it's just not my thing. I'm sorry, I just don't really, I just don't really like it. Because you're not really... It's it's not that you're really upset with the person or trying to hurt the person. That's really not the intent of any of it. It's just... That's just not your thing. And to some people, you know... Just like I don't like broccoli. Some people love broccoli. I can't stand broccoli. But, you know... Why can't we just be honest? And I feel like it's those little things that we've had to say... Ooh, well, that's going to hurt somebody's feelings if we if we tell them how it actually is. So now we're to this point where... We're like, oh, we're going to, you know, tell one person one thing and somebody else the other to protect them so that we don't hurt their feelings.
1: It's crazy, man. It's just craziness. So, yeah, be honest, be upfront, be real, keep it 100, real, recognize, real. So we're going to move into our mystery donut, which is our improv segment. Michael, what do we have on the improv
0: segment? Oh, we have, um, we're going to call it Hood Bible Stories, Bad Neighborhood Bible Stories. And we got, um, so how's it going to work? We've done this once before. So I'm going to give Chris a story from the Bible, and then he is going to say the hood version of the said Bible story, and then he's going to give me a Bible story, and I'm going to do the same thing. So, Chris, um, you want to go ahead and start? I can give you mine first. All right, go for it, buddy. Daniel was a bright young man with a bright future. Big D was all smart. He was hustling
1: and busting it up and cutting it down. He was
0: making moves. He was moving up the political ranks in a very, very hostile environment. See, Big D, he
1: said it was hard out here for a pimp just trying to make this money for the rent. But all these haters was wanting to put him down. And they said, nah, fam, you can't touch us. And they was hating on
0: So one day, other politicians and high-ranking members decided to go to the king and make a decree for a new law. That would outlaw people praying. So,
1: all the movers and shakers, they went to the big king and they said, Hey, yo, man, they said, We want you to make a, this new law. You need to sign it into effect. So, the next day,
0: Daniel was doing his thing and he was praying. And some of these high ranking officials found him.
1: Big D was doing what he normally was doing, throwing one up to the big man. And all them haters said, Hey, bro, you can't be doing that. Did you hear what the news was?
0: Then they rounded Daniel up took him to a pit and threw him down in the pit.
1: So then Five-O came up in the crib and they put the cuffs on him and they took him downtown and they threw him in the cell, solitary, no windows. Well,
0: Daniel realized that there was lions in this den. So he began to pray.
1: There was these big old cats up in there. And Daniel was scared, but he prayed and asked the big man if he could help him not get eaten by them big old hungry lions.
0: And the Lord then shut their mouths to where they couldn't do anything. And they just laid down, and Daniel was safe.
1: And the Lord said, Hey, homie, you can't be touching this one. You the anointed, bruh. You can't even be eating on him. You can't even chew on his little finger for a little midnight snack or something. And they laid down and shut their mouths. And Daniel said, ain't no thing but a chicken wing.
0: That was a great story, all right. So
1: I'm ready for mine. Alright, so yours is Samson and Delilah. Are you ready?
0: Oh boy, yeah.
1: There was once a young guy named Samson, and the Lord had specifically set him apart, and he was not allowed to cut his hair. Hey, there was this
0: homie back from the barrio. His name was Samson, and they couldn't cut his hair. He had this long hair, and they couldn't cut it. That's what the Lord told him.
1: And the reason why he couldn't cut his hair is because the Lord gave him special strength through his hair. As long as Samson didn't cut
0: his hair, he would be stronger than any man. He was stronger than anybody in the Oh, You should have seen all the dats in the... And all the muscles on this man, and they said, don't cut his hair because that's where all the strength lies. You take away his hair, it's all gone. So you know what? Nobody decided to come nowhere near him.
1: Samson had these enemies called the Philistines, and he fell in love with a Philistine prostitute. And then there were some people from another barrio,
0: and you know what? He fell in love with one of their
1: girls. And the Philistine people said, hey, let's use Delilah to find out the secret of Samson's strength. So Delilah kept asking Samson, what's the secret of your strength? But Samson wouldn't tell him.
0: So the host people decide they want to start talking about our people and asking questions to Samson. And so Samson says, hey, man, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not going to give any secrets over or nothing.
1: Delilah kept asking him over and over. And Samson lied and said, if you put my hair up in a loom, I'll be as weak as any man. And they did but it didn't
0: work. So finally his girl was persistent and said, Hey, you either tell me what's going on or whatever. And next thing you know, he was telling his girl everything. He was spilling the beans on everything. He said, listen, you cut my hair and put it in a loom. Next thing you know, I will have no strength. So after having
1: been lied to, Delilah said, if you really love me, you'll tell me the secret of your strength. And Samson broke down and said, if you cut my hair, I'll be as weak as any man and my strength will be gone. And so Delilah gave him a haircut.
0: So once he once she found out, she said, you know what? I'm gonna give this guy a haircut. Because then he won't have his strength that we can take over this side of the barrio too and all the collections from over here.
1: Then, as he was in his sleep, Delilah woke him up and said, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And Samson tried to beat him up, but he realized that he his strength was gone and the Lord had left him.
0: Next thing you know, his girl wakes him up and says, Hey, pendejo, your friends are here. And he looks up, and it was the other folks from the other barrio. And he figured out, oh, man, I have no hair, and I'm in trouble. So they tied
1: Samson up, plucked out his eyes, and they put him in a cell. So then they
0: tied him up, they ripped out his eyeballs, and they put him in a cell, and they spit on him
1: too. But then his hair started to grow back. And once his hair grew back, back, he asked the Lord, Lord, help me deliver your people from the Philistines one last time.
0: But what they didn't know is he had Rogaine in his cell and he started putting it on his head and it started growing back extra fast. And next thing you know, he asked the Lord, once my hair grows back, help me get out of this place.
1: And then Samson stood between two pillars and asked the Lord for strength, and he pushed down the pillars and defeated all the Philistines.
0: Then next thing you know, he gets up against two pillars, and he says, You know what? I got my hair back. I'm the strongest one in this barrio. Y'all can't keep me down. So he pushes those two things over, and he said, See you later, puta, as he left. And that was the end of the Hood
1: Bible stories. That was pretty good, man. Pretty good. So I hope y'all enjoyed that. Don't cancel us. That's really how it happened in the Bible, so look it up. Uh, yeah, we're going to move into our last segment, which is our eclair, which is our positive advice. And I think you went last or you went first last week. So I'll go first this week. Sorry. Strike that reverse it. So my eclair is, uh, and it really ties in a lot to kind of what fries my donuts. Um, but I used to care so much about what people thought of me and I would get upset when people wouldn't message me on Facebook and, uh, for example, my birthday was just this past um, this past week and not that many people like wrote on my Facebook wall, but I did have the people that, to- that were important to me tell me happy birthday. They texted me, you know, the people that I wanted to tell me happy birthday told me happy birthday, but I used to be so concerned with how many people told me happy birthday that I was so focused on the quantity that I miss the quality and so don't care what people think man life is too short to be caring about what people think as long as you're the people closest to you you know think good things of you then that's all that matters and the people closest to you their opinions count and it's what matters so as a society we focus so much on what people think of us but you know what if it's not in your inner circle it really doesn't matter
0: I'm telling you if you have you know one two three people that are you can absolutely trust with your money, with your home, with with anything, with your life. I mean, you're a blessed person. So, anyways, my uh, eclair for this week is uh, be careful about rushing things. So many times in life, we get so busy and we get to okay, we got to go from A to B to C to D, and you think about thirty things down the road. And I'm guilty of it too. I you know, and it's hard sometimes because I get started with fifty things and you know then I have to finish all of them and whatnot. Um, And you know what that does? That causes mistakes. That breeds mistakes. So just be careful about rushing into things. Just be careful about um, trying too hard because that is such a thing. I mean, you can try too hard. You can put too much effort into things and you can overshoot them by a mile. And then a lot of the times it's having to work to get it back to normal again. And so, really, it's uh, we've we've always talked about balance on here, right? It's really striking that balance right in between of uh, not really rushing things, but you also don't want to go at too slow of a pace. But um, if you rush things, it it will cause mistakes, and then you're just having to do more work anyways, taking longer.
1: That's good, man. Good word. Good word. So we are so thankful that you have joined us on this Donut Box podcast on this special 50th episode, man. We made it to 50 and in like two more weeks, two or three more weeks, we'll have officially made it to a year. And so that's crazy for us to think about. And so we thank you guys. You guys really are the Donut Box OGs because you've been A1 since day one. So we thank you so much for listening to us. Hey, are there new videos up on the website? Or are they coming?
0: Now, on tvtrashcan.com, we do have some new videos up. We got some flight videos up there. We got some, uh, we got a new TV show on there too, actually. And so, why don't you go check out the website? And of course, you got us on all your other feeds. Go check us out on Facebook, Instagram, all that good jazz. But yeah, tvtrashcan.com. And we'll have more stuff and just a little teaser floater we got to get some of these other videos out to you but chris and i are going back to dwarf wrestling again here in a few weeks so we'll have even more content at that point
1: yes we will so i promise the parts two and three are coming and that's on me and i will take full responsibility i'm editing them as we speak so it'll come out soon
0: it's awesome man we we literally i'm just gonna riff for just two seconds here I mean, it's amazing about how much content we're able to create just on the fly like that. Uh, just hanging out and stuff like that. So that's really cool. Um, so it's it's just awesome to know that we've got a bunch like, in the works. So that's what I'm happy about. I guess we can take this 50th Donut Box out to the trash. I'm Micah. And I'm Chris. Yeah. And you've been listening to the Donut Box Podcast, Episode uh-huh. 50. We'll see you all next week. uh uh-huh.